Hello everyone. Welcome to Career Startup Podcast, a podcast to spotlight Asian entrepreneurs and innovative people in the making. This is your host Priyanka Kumla. Today is a very special episode because I have a very very special and fabulous guest who's focused on helping women of color at work to get a seat at the table. Minda Hartz, the career revolutionary is how I see herself. Minda is in a whirlwind book tour of The Memo, which we'll talk more about. The Memo is the much needed career advice guide for women of color at work and most importantly looks at the unique barriers to success for women of color. I know the show is about Asian entrepreneurs but Minda's work is of very much importance to Asians and people out there who are really interested in navigating the career path. So I reached out to Minda and said, "Hey, you have such amazing work. Why don't you be part of our show and help our listeners understand more about the work that you do and connect with us?" Here we have Minda. Minda We really appreciate you taking the time amidst your busy schedule to be with us. My pleasure. I'm I'm really excited about being on the podcast and you know, I often say we're all in this together. <laughs> Absolutely, Minda, and welcome to my show. We're so excited to have you and learn more wisdom from your life as well. So tell us about the book tour. How is it coming along? I know it's been a hectic schedule for you. The schedule's been great. I've been on the road since August 20th. I've had a couple days in between um of rest, but I've been to 10 cities and a few different companies and I've met so many men and women of color along the road and we're just having these really rich conversations about race and intersectionality and how we move forward in a way that I don't think we've been able to talk about so freely in many public spaces. So I'm even though I'm a bit tired Priyanka, I'm just invigorated and optimistic about the future of work. We love your energy and enthusiasm Minda and for our listeners out there As I mentioned Minda has been on a book tour across many cities in the US. She was in St. Louis a couple of days ago and she's just catching her breath as she's looking next at Houston in a couple of days. Minda, you've been an inspiration to women of color. I know you host a podcast, Secure a Seat at the Table, and I really admire your work to help us women of color. Tell us the idea behind the book, The Memo. Thank you so much. You know, for me it was I was working in my corporate nonprofit role for 15 years and I was often one of the only ones, only people of color or women of color in the space and after a while you either you just keep going through it thinking, okay, well maybe I'm always going to be the only one or you decide, you know what? We have to change the dynamics here. And for me, I dealt with so much microaggressions and bias that I started to settle into it and think it was normal. And I went through a really terrible situation in uh one of my workplaces that I write about in the book and it broke me down in such a way that I no longer questioned what they were doing to me, but I questioned if I was creating this or if this was my problem or, you know, and I and it really broke me down mentally and physically and I started to think how can I turn this situation into a way that's helpful for other women of color as well because many of us are going through these issues inside the workplace and we're suffering in silence or we're suffering in isolation because we don't think we can talk about these things or bring them to the light and so for me Priyanka I was so just tired of just having to deal with the status quo that I said what is my legacy going to be what am I going to do to contribute to the solutions of these workplace issues and so for me that was what I started doing in 2015 when I started my company the Memo LLC and then through that 
the podcast and now the book, just I want to have a body of work that we have resources to support us when we're feeling like we're all alone. That's an excellent idea, Minda, and I'm so glad you've come a very long way. You know, the best part is always talking from your personal experience because you've been through situations and you really understand the crux of the issue. Now, talk to us about the book writing journey. How easy was it when you look back now? You know, it's so funny when I think about the book because it seems like a, a dream right now that I'm on, but when I first started my company, I never, I wasn't dreaming big enough. I didn't even think that I would one day write a book. Uh, But what I realized was there was a career gap with business books and career guides for people of color. Specifically, what I found was that there was a career gap with business guides and career resources for women of color. Most of the books in the genre of business is overwhelmingly genre by white men and women writing these books. And so I thought, you know, what would it look like to tell my story? What would it look like for other women of color? Maybe they didn't have the exact same experience as me, but there might be certain themes that resonate that don't resonate with some of the other career books. And so one of the authors that I enjoy, um, she recently passed named Toni Morrison, and she said, write the book that you want to read. And so I wrote the book and um, had an, and t- I started writing in 2017. And then my agent went and shopped it around to many publishers and Many said, no, there's not an audience for a book like this. And, uh, but we did find uh, a publisher who did say yes and took a chance and saw that there was a need for career content for people of color. And so now you have, we have the book out and we're you know, selling out the book tours. And I, I'm just so thankful that people are seeing me as well. And for people who tell you, no, there's no audience for what you're doing, knowing that their words are not the end all be all to the situation. That's a very interesting mindset, Minda, because when you hear a no, especially for something that you're very passionate about, it's kind of challenging, right? So how did you overcome, you know, these kinds of responses from people, but still believing in yourself and the idea behind the book? How was that process for you? Yeah, I'll, I'll have to be honest with you. It definitely was a hard process as a person of color in the workplace and where I've been one of the only ones, I knew how I felt in the workplace. So how could someone else tell me that my or the experiences of other women of color don't matter? And so I realized that that wasn't their experience. So they didn't see that there was an important um, role that this book could play in the lives of many of us and, and also cha- help change the work culture for those who aren't of color to be able to read what it's like for us to show up as one of the only ones. And so it really was just knowing that this was a book that I could have used when I entered corporate America. And so I let that be my guide. I I let my curiosity be larger than my fear and whatever they were telling me I knew was wrong because they hadn't walked in my shoes. And and because I had a company I started a few years prior, I was already meeting women who were telling me that they needed career resources like this. And so I knew that when you're walking into your purpose, the right opportunities, the right resources will open up and it you just have all you need is one. And even though four of the major publishers said no, that fifth one said yes. That's awesome. And it's that perseverance that really helps. And that's kind of a value that's instilled in our upbringing as well as what I feel personally. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing, Minda. How has that been instrumental in your success so far? Yeah, thank you for asking that. I think it's that, yes, the perseverance that you talk about, and then also that resilience factor. And and for me, I come from very humble beginnings. Um, 
you know, low income family. And I was the first person in my family to graduate from college. And and so it was one of those things that you just knew that that you had the opportunity if you tried, that there could be more on the other side of, of what you didn't know you could have, right. And so for me, I realized that I was a very ambitious young child. And, and my parents, even though they didn't have a lot of money, they had a lot of love. And so they always fostered and nurtured our ideas. I'm one of three kids. And so, you know, there wasn't anything that they told us that we weren't capable of doing. And I think for that, I was able to take that in my corporate life. I was able to take that into my entrepreneur life. And so um, we just have to be our best advocate. And if we believe in something, we at least owe it to ourselves to try, right? That's very true. And I'm thinking back at my own personal experience. I think the values that we get instilled from the childhood help us in our life because the things that you said is is being fearless, right? Yes. I mean, you can be whoever you want. And these are values that our parents instill from a very young age. And you never know how they get translated in making yourself a better person down the lane. Absolutely. I think you said it. You said it. You hit the nail on the head. I think I didn't realize, you know, now I'm you know, in my late 30s, but I didn't realize how much my parents had given me back then. Because when you're young, you're always focused on what you don't have, right? But you don't think about some of the that they gave you. And I'm really happy that they instilled some of those core values of generosity and resilience and integrity that helped me be a, a good leader, a good business leader in my current life. So how does your family feel now that you are a successful entrepreneur and a book author as well? <laughs> well, they're not surprised because I've always been a go-getter. So I think they knew that there was potential for this to take place. But Recently, my parents came to two of my book tour stops and, and they were just so overwhelmed with joy. And I had to sit back and just thank God, the creator, for allowing my parents to be healthy, to be able to see this part of my life and us be able to experience it together. Because sometimes when you reach certain levels of success, some of your family members don't get to see it. And I realize that that is a privilege and, and I'm very thankful for it. And we're so happy for you. And I'm quite sure it was a proud moment for your parents as well. Yes. Minda, I know you've been very successful in your own way, but was there a point in your career when you really had to take a moment to reevaluate situations and see what's next for you? Yes. And even though I've experienced certain successes along the way or wins, like many of us probably have, there's been tons of days uh, and moments where I felt like, I don't know if I can keep doing this work because as an entrepreneur, so when I worked in corporate America, I was making you know, really good money, you have health benefits, you have all of these things, even though the environment might not be the best, there's certain certain things that you have become accustomed to having. And so when I did launch out into my own, a lot of those things changed. And it took almost four years for my business to be profitable to where I could receive a paycheck and pay my co founder. And so it's one of those things where, yes, maybe I might have been in this magazine and that magazine, but what people don't see is the behind the scenes work of it. And earlier this year, we had to have like a really hard conversation on our business model and could the business continue on because we were just, we were doing really great work, but we weren't being profitable, right? And so there's a lot of hard conversations that you have to have with yourself and with your team. And even though I was so passionate about equity for women of color in the workplace, if you're not, you know, scaling at the way that you are, then you can't take care of your responsibilities. And so I questioned the last four years have been a questionable moment for me. And it just recently did things start to to turn the other way. And I think it goes back to that resiliency and that perseverance. And I'm thankful. Um, I don't know what the future holds, but you know, we're still we're still moving forward. So um, I, I just know that 
each of us have to, you know, success is not a solo sport and I can't do it by myself. It takes all of us. And I think as long as we keep that in mind and never forget to ask for help when you need it. The humility that you have, you know, really shows up as you're speaking. You could be successful in your own way, but then having the right kind of people who would support you, be it family, be it your team members, to make who you are today. I think those are essential pieces that you can never get away with. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that maybe on paper, people might say, oh, you've done this and you've done that. But um, really, for me, it's when when we have created that space for others to win too. You know, And so the book was really important for me because even though I was writing the book, and I haven't shared this with too many people, is I was um, going through some, some really severe health issues. And so for me, even though I'm writing this book and I have this book deal, I had a surgery, a major surgery right before my final copy uh, edits were due. And I didn't even know if I'd be able to do finish the book. And so there's so much that's happening on the other side of social media and all these different things. And so um, I just want to encourage people to, you know, run your own race and don't be afraid to redefine success by your own terms. That's an excellent piece of advice, Minda. And thank you for opening up and being vulnerable in terms of you know, life is not as pretty as the social media portrays you. Yes. There are things that happen behind the scenes and it's always the grit and resilience, as you mentioned rightly, that help you, you know, keep moving at least one step forward. Absolutely. So going back to the book, the memo, what is the best part about the book now that when you look back, are there chapters where you really enjoyed writing? Yeah, it's been such a cool thing to like hear people and um, on the road tell me what their favorite chapters are. And then also people post pictures throughout social media and seeing what resonates with people. And for me, uh, the theme of self-advocacy has probably been the most important for me because I wanted to write a book to let women know, women that look like us, that they have options, right? And that we have to learn to find our voice and articulate what we want out of the workplace, rather that's creating your own company or working at someone else's. But that we, our careers matter. And so learning how to tap into your agency and find your voice to speak up on matters and situations that are important to you and learn how to quantify your value. And I think as women, sometimes we shrink, right? We don't want to step into our greatness. And I wanted, I think that's been like the, the most important thing for me to see women after they've read the book say, oh, I can have more. I can ask for more. I can see myself in a different way. And so for me, just seeing kind of, um, again, redefining what success looks like for many of us, we've been told what it should be for us and realizing that, you know, we can create that for ourselves. That's right, Minda, because self-advocacy is always an afterthought, especially for women and then women of color, right? Because we think success would find us. People would recognize the hard work. They would. But, you know, putting yourself in a visible zone is needed. What kind of advice would you have based on your experience on how do you, you know, stop your inner self from pulling you back from being recognized or from, you know, advocating for yourself? Yeah, I think because we, many of us, not all of us, some of us are really good at it, but um, some of us, myself included, we have, we have the tendency to work really hard and think that we, someone might notice us, right. And tap us on the back and give us these opportunities, but what we find is that that's not always the case and we need to let people know what we're working on, what we're doing, use those times to, to inform. And, um, there's a statistic that says, uh, 40% of women of color feel like their managers are not invested in their success. Right. And so 
And, and you can look at that even as an entrepreneur. Maybe you think that, oh, well, someone else isn't invested in our success, but what would it look like if we were invested in our own success in a way that's very intentional? And so that means that, you know, people aren't walking around with a magic ball saying, oh, I wonder what, you know, Minda and Priyanka want out of their career. We have to tell them, right? <laughs> we have to show them. And I think that it takes little acts of courage to flex that vocal muscle. And so it may not be um, comfortable at first, but again, making those little little steps to make your voice known and heard. And that might just be getting out of your office cubicle. That might be going to an office event. But I think that we have to be more present in um, what's going on around us so that people know that we're just as invested as someone else, um, even if we don't, if we haven't said it, right? That's right, Minda, absolutely. And, you know, there's a specific chapter in the book where you talk about, you know, being out there, just showing up, right? Be it like after work events or, you know, so people get to understand you outside of your professional space as well. And that could be your way to being recognized outside of the office environment. And those are small things that we could do rather than, you know, just shutting ourselves and, you know, heading back home. But it takes a growth mindset and a shift in the way that you think about work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think because we've been told for so long, kind of put your head down, work hard, that works for some people. But the people who get ahead are not the people who have their head down. They're the ones who have their head up, right? <laughs> and so I'm saying, let's let's try it a different way. Let's rethink what this thing could look like for us with small, like you said, small modifications to our behavior that go a long way. So from your experience, Minda, how important is it to have allies or mentors for women of color? Oh, critical. I think because, first of all, again, success is not a solo sport. And so we can't get ahead by ourselves. There's very many people who have been self-made, right? Um, and you could say, even the Steve Jobs is of the world, they still needed somebody to help them, right? They might have had the ideas, they might have had certain elements, but they didn't have the full recipe. And I think that we need to find our squad. We need to find people who want to see us win and that we want to see win as well. And people who can advocate on our behalf. And um, I think about people that I assemble in my life as a team. If I am the captain of my team, then I need various players on it so that we can be a winning team, right? And so I think that um, it's okay to be a little vulnerable. It's okay to put yourself out there a little so that you can find who those right people are for your team. And, and that can, and then you'll identify who those mentors and sponsors could be for you. So going back to the book, how did it feel when you autographed your first book? You know what? I, I'm so glad you asked that question because I think it's been just like a, a whirlwind of an experience. And it's, it's been so interesting, like to meet people and, and sign the books and and take the pictures and people, you know, want to hug. And it's, it's very, um, it's just a feeling that I can't articulate, but it, it seems surreal, right? I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this. And I think it reminded me, and I want to tell your listeners that we, we have to dream bigger. Like sometimes, um, and it wasn't necessarily the, the signing of the autographs, but the fact that when you would have, if you would have asked me five years ago, what would I be doing today? I never would have thought that I'd be doing, you know, having this conversation with you uh, or writing, you know, a best-selling book. I, it's just something that I hadn't even considered. And so sometimes we can be, um, we can be like our worst person in our way, right? Because we're not, we're putting limitations on our own greatness. And so um, I think we have to give ourselves permission to to try things that we hadn't tried before. 
I totally agree with you on that, Minda. And sometimes subconsciously, we keep doing that to ourselves. We are our biggest critic. Sometimes it helps, but sometimes that's not the way you would want to see yourself. So tell us this, Minda, what advice would you have for us as we look at transitioning into being women leaders of color, helming organizations or being entrepreneurs? Yeah, you know, so entrepreneurship is an interesting thing, but I'm so grateful that I have the chance to sit on both sides of the table, right? So I've sat as an entrepreneur and now sitting as an entrepreneur. And I think that we can create whatever table that we want. And, and some of us will, will choose um, to be internal or we'll, we'll leave and create our own spaces. But one of the things that helps me, I think the most was being strategic and strategic planning. And so, yes, I had an idea in 2015, but it required me to put out you know, a business plan. It required me to think through my financials. And some people, I wasn't able to leave my day job right away. I kept working a couple of years while I was building my business so that I could invest back into my company. So maybe I wasn't able to get funding from other people, but I was my first investor. And so I'm so glad that I was able to do that because it allowed me to make some mistakes early on um, while I didn't have to be as stressed out about funding, right? And so sometimes people enter into entrepreneurship and they aren't able to maybe thrive in their work as much as they would have with when you have so many things on your plate, right? Like how you're going to get paid and how these other things. So for me, having my day job and using that money to invest in my company was really helpful until I was making enough to be able to go out on my own. And that was one thing that helped me just that strategic planning toward success. And so, you know, don't be afraid to work your day job if you need to. I think there's sometimes a stigma between people who maybe have like a side hustle or they have these things and they don't want to talk about, you know, their day job. And there's no shame, again, redefining success by your own terms. There's no blueprint, um, you know, find what works for you. That's an amazing piece of advice, Minda. Thank you so much for that. How are you relishing these moments of success? <laughs> I'm just humbled. I, 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 I'm just so humbled. You know, for me, I just want to make sure that I leave the workplace better than it, than I found it. <laughs> and, and if, me writing this book or talking about some of the hard conversations that many people aren't able to have yet in their workplaces, then for me, I'm just so, so honored to be able to do that because we don't all right now, maybe there's a woman or someone who's listening and they haven't found their voice yet, but know that it took small acts of courage for me to get to this step. And, um, I was that person who didn't feel like I could speak up or that I can launch out on my own. There was a lot of fear that crippled me. And uh, I would just encourage everyone to, um, you owe it to yourself. Just let your curiosity be larger than your fear. And those little wins that you have along the way, relish them because there's a lot of hard, hard times, you know, just in life. And I think that oftentimes we just don't sit in our wins and just, you know, enjoy them. And so we're on to the next thing. And so I'm trying to just enjoy this moment right here because, um, you know, those moments, they don't last forever, right? So you're, you're just enjoying enjoying them while they're here. That's a well-deserved win for you, Minda. And we're so happy for you and the best-selling book as well. With that being said, are you excited for the fun rapid-fire round that we have for you? I can't wait. <laughs> Tell us the first thing that comes to your mind when I say the following. Who's your role model? I would definitely say my mom. Hey, moms are the best. <laughs> <laughs> One word to describe yourself in your native language? Resilient. The best part of being Minda Hearts? I'm practical. Favorite book of yours? Apart from the memo. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
You know, my favorite book is The Kite Runner. What does happiness mean to you? Happiness is when I'm deliberate and afraid of nothing. Fantastic. That was Minda Hartz. And Minda, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure having you on our show, Karib Startup Podcast. And we really wish you all the very best as you're looking at providing the support system through your words of encouragement, through your book, through your podcast, and the body of work that you have to promote women of color at work and not letting the fear, the inner fear, conquer us, but using courage as a medium to promote ourselves and achieve the impossible. Yes, it's all about that courage. So thank you for having me. Thank you, Minda. And until another episode with another interesting guest, this is your host, Priyanka Komla, signing off.